This has to go down as one of the most epic failures in the history of this league, does it not? Yeah, NBA Australia. How are you going? How are you going? You going good? I hope so. It is NBA Australia. It's Friday, July 1st. Pinching and punch for the first day of the month. Oh, yeah. Tell you what, a little bit going on. That's right. It's free agency day. Happy free agency day. Free agency is going sick. KD wants out. The off-season. Oh, jeez, the off-season is more fun than the NBA season, isn't it? All right, settle down. Uh, good, fun show today. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes for whomstever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. Here in Larry Armour Studios, got a six squid on my hands. So I'm going to try to uh, fang through this one. Poor little blighter. It's all right. He's fine, but, jeez, he's been looked after by his grandma right now. Either way, uh, we're ripping straight here a bit. Big day for the Aussies. Uh, we'll talk about all the free agent deals today. We've got the latest on the Jalen Brunson deal. Uh, Jingles and Patty. The sneaky, okay, Lakers pickups. Ah, oh, god damn it. And the Knicks have completed their tampering. So I look forward to them losing a draft pick in the near future. We've also got some Yenars, and that'll be about it. So a bit of yelling about today. Exciting times. And we'll finish up. We'll throw in a cooking with Bainsy to finish off your uh, week just right. Fun show, good show. Let's get into it. Episode 842 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better. Oh, you better watch out for the snake attack. If you're the Nets, that's right. Jeez, what a way to start today. What a way to start free agency. Oh, boy. Kevin Durant. Just always going to make it about me, bro. <laughs> right, let's get into today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia. Before we do all the friends, we're going to do some daily whip around. There you go. With all the news from a busy, 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 busy day. Uh, so what we're going to do on today's show, we'll talk about all the news and stuff first, and we'll get into the free agency, who stayed, who left. Uh, a couple of big wins, the best deals, the worst deal, the biggest steal, etc. Uh, then we'll do some ENRs. It'll be pretty simple, pretty easy. It's just a lot of information to sift through, you know. So, let's start at the start, shall we? Oh, good one, Jimmy. Okay, we'll start at the start. Is that where most story? Yes, it does. Shut up. All right. <laughs> Kevin Durant. Three hours. Four hours before a free agency officially officially uh, tips off. Kevin Durant has requested a trade out of Brooklyn. What? Literally waited for Kyrie to opt in so he couldn't follow him. <laughs> Kevin Durant's like, oh, has Kyrie opted in? Oh, yeah, so it's going to be really hard to trade him to where I want to go. Sick. Yeah, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> I love it. Seriously. What an absolute fucking drama queen. And what a hint. Like, just in terms of uh, we've put together a team. And nothing has come of it. What a grand experiment this Brooklyn Nets team has been in creating the world's biggest shit show. <laughs> Seriously. From the Harden deal, well, getting KD and Kyrie, getting Harden, having to trade Harden, getting Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons being injured, Kyrie being a giant fuckwit the entire time, Kyrie wanting to opt out and get traded to the Lakers, Kyrie not being able to figure out a trade because everyone fucking hates him. Kyrie opting in. KD going, right, I'm fucking sick of this. I'm out. See you. Boom. Off we go. At zero point have the Brooklyn Nets really had any sort of sense of continuity, any sort of sense of team with any of these dudes, and it's hilarious. Like, it's wildly hilarious because this is what happens. 
is what happens when you hitch your fucking wagon to a couple of dipshits, specifically Kyrie, uh, to a lesser degree, Kevin Durant. But here we go. So Woj is out there tweeting out, Brooklyn Nets GM Sean Marks is working with Kevin Durant and his business manager, Rich Kleiman, on fighting a trade for the franchise star. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving had no contact with the franchise after Irving opted into his deal on Monday, and a sense of an inevitability existed that Durant would eventually ask for a trade. It happened today. Phoenix and Miami are among two of the teams that Kevin Durant has on his wish list. Sources tell ESPN, but the Nets plan to move Durant where they can get the best possible deal. With four years on his contract, there's no shortage of teams willing to unload assets for Durant. No shit, Sherlock. Fire it up. It's one of the great dirs of history. Oh, yeah. yeah, no shit. So, Kevin Durant, we talked about this at length the last week or so. Um, and it will be one of the bigger trade packages you'll ever see because he's under team control. Four more years on that contract. Off you go. And the Nets have zero compunction to go, oh, okay, Kevin, well, um, yeah, we'll trade you to where you want to go. Why? I mean, the dude, they paid him to rehab on <laughs> for the first year of the contract. He got them to the second round a year ago. Couldn't get them a win in the playoffs this year, and then he's out. So amazing vibes, amazing timing. And whenever I look at this sort of stuff, you're like, all right, so what was the end uh, goal here? For KD. Three hours before free agency, was that going to be a way to force his way elsewhere? Was it going to be a way to force the Nets to do something to make him happy? Because you think about this in historical terms. Kevin Durant and uh, asking out, asking for a trade. Time after time, we've seen teams bend over backwards and go, ah, yeah, fucking cool. All right, you want out? Sick, we'll trade you. The Lakers never did with Kobe when he did. And in the, my brain, there's not a giant amount of examples ever since of a team going, you know what, just fucking settle down, mate. We'll get this sorted. Sit your ass back down. you got a contract. What are you going to do? Not play for the next four years? <laughs> just settle down. The team's good. So KD will be on his way, no doubt, for who knows what sort of package. And this leaves the big question mark of what the fuck is Kyrie going to do? So... That big sack of shit Brian Windhorse is out there saying Kyrie is focused on forcing his way to the Lakers. Forcing, he says. Good luck with that, Kyrie. I'm going to force my way. How are you going to do that, Kyrie? Are you going to jump on the old dog and bone with Rob Palenka and go, Rob, here's the biz. I'm going to be in your team. <laughs> but uh, Kyrie, you've got $39 million, $37 million on your contract and we can't get you on the oh, nah, but I'm forcing my way there, bro. I'm just going to rock up. You figure out the rest. Thanks, Kyrie. Um, and there was a great moment where Windhorse has this like deep breath and he goes, oh, fuck, everyone's going to talk about this one. League executives have floated the possibility the Lakers have a potential package to trade for both Kevin Durant and Kyrie if they plan on playing together. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not entirely convinced that getting, what, $75 million worth of contracts together for the, <laughs> for the Lakers without giving back Anthony Davis is wildly feasible, but I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying Kyrie to the Mavs, that'd be fun. But KD, anyone's guess here, right? I floated out some good ones the other day. Uh, Suns, Heat, wherever you want to send him, get as much as he can back, away we go. We'll talk about some more KD stuff later, but this was a momentous, momentous announcement. And a bit of a shitty one. If you sort of think about the NBA and just go, right, fuck, seriously? This is a guy who was like, oh, I'm going to go build something by myself and my best mate Kyrie. And like after a couple of years, he's like, this is hard. I'm out of here. I tweeted out that he's like the ideal millennial worker, right? Some people took umbrage. <laughs> <laughs> You've also got to remember, I'm a dickhead. And all I do is uh, try to be, uh, I don't know, slightly funny. Um, so this is the idea, right? The ideal millennial employee, you develop your talent in a small-time company and then bounce. You join a huge slash successful brand or company. You take credit for others' work and success, and then you leave. Start your own thing. You struggle. You struggle. You cry when it gets hard, and you go, fuck this, I'm out of here anyway. <laughs> and you go join another successful place. It's exactly what he's doing. Kevin Durant is the typical millennial employee. 
the slight joke there is that that's exactly what I did, <laughs> just in my stupid fucking dumb career. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, and uh, yes, I am comparing myself to Kevin Durant. That's where we're at. What a world! Uh, but seriously, the Nets. Uh, so. Where does this leave them? They're staring down the barrel. You've got to remember that stupid fucking Harden trade that uh, Kevin and Kyrie forced them to make, basically. <laughs> Means that Houston own a 2023 first-round swap of the, with the Nets, the Nets' 2024 first-rounder, a 2025 swap, a 2026 first-rounder, and a 27 first-rounder swap. Every single one of those is unprotected. You don't think Houston would have done the fucking deal if they if the Nets had have gone? Actually, you know how we got burnt last time? You know, last time when we did this for Paul Pierce and KG, literally just like, you know, less than 10 years ago? You know how we got fucked by that and we didn't put any protections on there? Hey, should we do some protections? No, fucking don't do it. Don't do it. Nah, leave them unprotected. It's the only way Sean Marks gets off. He's there beating his meat frantically going, yes, I gave up all those unprotected picks. This is going to be sick. <laughs> just hope. Fucking, yeah, bro, this is sick as, man. I'm really enjoying this, eh? Seriously, you don't think Harden, uh, the Harden deal wouldn't have happened if Brooklyn threw like a one through four protection on those picks? Anyway, uh, Steph and Clay, you might remember them from the world champion Golden State Warriors, the NBA champion world's Golden State Warriors. They're not the world champs. That was the USA basketball team in the Olympics. Um, Steph and Clay played more games this year than Kyrie and KD did in three years together. Just put that in, in the back of your mind. Just go, wait. Clay set out half of this year, and somehow Steph and Clay still played more games together this single year than KD and Kyrie did in their entire Nets career. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Steph and Clay played 45 this year. KD and Kyrie played 44 games together in the last three years combined. That is chaos. My favorite aspect of this Ben Simmons. No one gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting all the fucking angst about Ben Simmons all season. Suddenly he feels like he's going to be the last one standing there, left standing there in Brooklyn. He's also the dude who tweeted out, it's going to be scary. He, Kyrie, and uh, KD, and it never happened. They literally never played together. Amazing vibe. So the Brooklyn Nets, absolute turmoil, absolute chaos, and uh, couldn't happen to a funnier, funnier, funnier organization. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in the NRs. And a couple of extra sort of, you know, bigger, wider scope thoughts about it as well. But at the moment, that's what the news was. DeJunte! The DeJunte trade that we talked about in yesterday's show. DeJunte Murray is off to the uh, Atlanta Hawks. And somehow, so is Rock'em Sock'em Block'em Jock'em Landau. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Jock Landau gets thrown into the trade as well. So he's on the move. He has to put out, you know, the uh, nice sort of uh, moment to the uh, the nice thank you to the Spurs. So officially the trade is DeJunte Murray and Jock Landau for Danilo Gallinari, those three first-rounders in the 2025 first-round swap. So rock'em, sock'em, block'em, Jock'em Landau just gets thrown in there just for good measure. I'll tell you what, I don't mind it. There's like a... You got to think about this Atlanta team at the moment in terms of their bigs. They've got Clint Capella, John Collins, a total cocktail, Onyeka Okongwu, uh, Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landale. Might be able just to slot in there and actually get some uh, minutes once they eventually trade Capella and co. So kind of like it. Other news, Royce O'Neal. Brooklyn traded for Royce O'Neal. That's right. Utah traded Royce O'Neal to Brooklyn for a first rounder in next year's draft. What? Brooklyn is sending the lesser of their own Houston or Phillies 2023 first rounder. The lesser, which is pretty funny. So, because uh, you've got swaps, you've got uh, other picks going on. Brooklyn are like, yeah, we want Royce O'Neal because we need someone to fill Kevin Durant's shoes when he leaves. <laughs> I, I'm going to talk about this again later, but geez, that's a finagle. The other little bit of news that popped off today, Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J himself, is out. He's got a right foot stress fracture. He went un, underwent surgery yesterday. Uh, his turn, timetable to return is four to six months. It puts uh, Triple J out, you know, on the long side of the recovery, uh, basically, until, you know, well, like a third into the season for the uh, Grizz, which is a bit of a tricky one, but, jeez, out of absolute nowhere, that just sort of sucks. What a kick in the guts for the Grizzlies. But at the same time, I think that's a weird, fun team that sort of, you know, 
navigated its way around myriad COVID issues initially, injuries to Triple J, injuries to Jar throughout the uh, last couple of seasons. They should be fine. And as long as he's back with enough time for them to sort of uh, get their shit into gear, it should be all right. But that's a big, uh, big injury just to keep an eye on going into next season. And it's also going to be the inevitable one that we all forget. <laughs> when it, like when we pick back up NBA Australia after the off-season break, uh, we'll be just like, fuck, yeah, that's right, Triple J, he's injured. Oh, shit. Right, other news, the big ones. Before we get into the free agency, uh, there were the announcements that all sort of came in one big go uh, once the clock clicked over to midnight Eastern over there in the US of A when they could announce extensions. As soon as they could, boom, a bunch of teams did. Nikola Jokic, hello, the Joker. A five-year, $264 million, the richest deal in NBA history. He signed that. 270, I've seen some as well. So five-year, 270. There's like an incredible sort of vibe where it's like, shit. In 27-28, Joker will be playing under a contract that's worth $60 million bucks in one year. What a world. It pays to be a two-time MVP. Just saying. Devin Booker, he agreed on a, was it a two-year, 200, oh, sorry, two, a four-year, 224 Supermax extension. That starts in 2024, so that means his total contract is worth six years and $295 million. Carl Anthony Towns got a four-year, $224 million Supermax extension as well. That's the same as Booker. Total contract value, six years, 295. Ja Morant copped a five-year, 193 designated rookie maximum extension as well. That could be worth $231 million with uh, some certain benchmarks. So those are some huge numbers. $270 million. Here, we're going to give this giant fucking Serbian bloke a quarter of a billion dollars. He's going to buy so many horses, bro. <laughs> Devin Booker. 224, Cat 224, Jar up to 231. Amazing vibes. Chaos everywhere. You love to see it. And uh, that's just the start of it. Because we're going to get into the $1.5 billion worth of gear that was given out today in free agency right after this break. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, you're going to pop some champagne? It's free agency. Hooray. Hooray. That's the champagne pouring. Isn't that good? What a great sound effect that is. Right, free agency. What a day for notifications. This is a great notification day on your phone. You wake up. It's just fucking chaos everywhere. You love it. Now, as I mentioned at the top, you've got a six squid. So old mate, uh, she and I had both woken up. He was, you know, not feeling great at like five. And I'm already looking at my phone going, fuck, <laughs> this day's going to get so much longer. And it was chaos. But let's all start uh, with the uh, the folks who are going to stay with their existing teams. And we'll go through all of the deals from today that we've got. Uh, if there's a couple that we've missed. I mean, you get the, the big jobs. There's a few of them. But I think we've got just about everybody. Um so who's staying? Who's staying? Who's not going anywhere? First cab off the rank, you would too. Bradley Beal, $250 million over five years for Brad Beal to stay in Washington in a surprise to nobody. As soon as he was able, as soon as he was able to lock that in, he did. <laughs> and yeah, for a quarter of a billion bucks, you would. James Harden, no actual movement on a hardened contract yet after he's uh, opting out of the $47 million bucks. There were reports, though, that he's hanging out to the weekend to sit down with Philly and basically nosh out that exact contract. So makes a bit of sense. Harden had to opt out so they could go and sign PJ Tucker and use their exceptions, etc. the full degree. And Harden's just going to go, right, oh, yeah, uh, Daryl, yeah, just meet me at that strip club we always go to. We'll just talk about it then. I've got uh, Chastity here. She's uh, just for you, bro. <laughs> I slipped there. Two fifties. It's going to be over. Um, so James Harden probably sticking fat in Philly. You know he will. And uh, 
No terms on that yet, but no doubt that'll happen the next day or two. Paddy Mills! Paddy Thrills! He's staying in Brooklyn. Back to the Nets on a two-year, $14 million deal. We mentioned this yesterday after his opt-out. It's like, yeah, he can opt back in. Uh, he can basically negotiate with the Nets essentially for their same sort of deal, but just more money. And that's exactly what's happened. Two years, 14 mil. For Paddy Thrills, Paddy Mills. One of those interesting ones where you look and go, Paddy, if you could have your time again, having discovered that Kevin Durant has uh, opted out, which is still re-signed with Brooklyn. Or would you go hang out with Jingles now in Milwaukee or something? I'm just saying. But Paddy, sticking with the Nets, um, always one of those interesting sort of vibes. This Nets team with Joe Harris, with Seth Curry, with Paddy Mills, you look at that and go, they've got shooters aplenty. You've got Ben Simmons. Ostensibly, you've still got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. This is going to be one of the head-scratchingest aspects of this entire Kevin Durant discourse, right? Like, that's a pretty fucking good setup for a dude like KD, for a dude like Kyrie. you got shooting, you got point guards, you got Simo to play a bit of defense, you've got Royce O'Neal now as an actual real backup wing. That's not too bad, I'm just saying. But Patty Mills sticking fat in Brooklyn. Also staying, a couple of big, big, big deals for some young, young, young dudes. Anthony Simons. Oh, Penny Simons. Four years, $100 million from the Blazers. Four years, $100 million for Anthony Penny Simons. What a world. Because if you were like, oh, geez, I mean, what's he done, Jimmy? It's like, well, he's been in the NBA for four years. He's only 22. Last year, averaged 17 points a game. Started 30, kicked some ass, took some names, and then they shut him down <laughs> because they didn't want to win any more games. They seriously shut him down in, like, the start of March. Drops 38. They're like, all right, that'll do, pig. Sit <laughs> the fuck down. He went 9-17 in his last game from three. Drops 38. Had an insane run, basically, from about literally the start of the calendar year. From the start of 2022 to the end of uh, that season when they shut him down. So basically 26 games. He averaged 23.5 points, almost six assists, shot 45% from the floor and 42% from three. And the Blazers, in all their wisdom, went, well, that's enough for us. Here's $100 million. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't mind it. He's fucking good. And it's like, you don't know how many folks actually watch uh, Anthony Penny Simons play or the Blazers play. He's listed at 6'3". He plays just that little bit bigger. I kind of love it. It's exciting times. Anyway, Anthony Simons sticking in. Portland, another young dude staying. Lou Dort, huge new deal with OKC. Five years, $87 million. Besides Shy Redder, Gilgis Alexander, Josh Giddy, Dort, Chet, all their other rooks, you kind of love it. Dort, the fact that no one like gave a shit about him shooting literally, what, two years ago? And now he's out there getting paid $87 million bucks. I love it. Turned himself into a really good player. On your Dort, Marvin Bagley. Bags staying with the Detroit Pistons. That's right, thirty-seven million dollars over three years. If you think that's a lot of money, you'd be right <laughs> for the former number two pick. Uh, uh, to be honest, I'll talk about this later. But yeah, good Detroit. They locked it away. Good on you, Bobby Portis. He's staying with Milwaukee. Four years, forty-nine million dollars. That's a bit of a pay rise. Just saying. Uh, to go from the prove it deal for Bobby Portis, he went and proved it. Locked in his money. Happy for him. The Bucks needed him to stay because they didn't uh, have too many options out there. You got Robin, Lo- uh, not Robin. You got Brook Lopez. You got Giannis, Bobby Portis, and uh, you know if Serge Ibaka returns, who knows what's going to happen there? He was cooked by the end of last season. I'm just saying. But Bags, Portis, couple of bigs off the board. Then Mo Bamba staying in Orlando as well. Another big off the board. I would have loved to have actually seen him in Milwaukee. But anyway, two years, twenty one million dollars to stay in Orlando for big Mo Bamba. Love that. He opted out. Resigned at uh, ten and a half mil per year, so you kind of appreciate that. Good job, Orlando. You got someone around your man Paolo. As much as Paolo wants KD, putting out that uh, Photoshop. Good on you, Paolo. Nick Batum sticks with the Clippers. Two years, twenty-two mil. Amir Coffee stays with the Clippers as well. Three years, eleven mil. The Clippers with their sort of uh, roster crunch. It didn't matter how much money it was going to cost. It's just sort of like, what's your roster number at? How many players can you keep? <laughs> and you know. Steve Ballmer doesn't give a fuck. It's only money to him. That's like a rounding error. Uh, 11 million, 22, $33 million. He just made $33 million as long as it took me to say that fucking sentence. So uh, good job, Clips. Nick Claxton. 
Staying with the Nets, that's a big, big deal. Two years, $20 million. He showed a lot last year. Uh, they need a big, they need an athletic big. They had one in Jared Allen, but they traded him away in the Harden deal because you've got to keep uh, DeAndre Jordan, don't you? Kevin and Kyrie. Fucking hell. Chris Bobby Boucher, staying with Toronto, three years, 35 mil. It's a good get for Toronto. He was very handy at times, uh, in and out of like spots, down the stretch, couple of injuries. But Chris Boucher does a lot for Toronto, turned himself into a really good player. Thad Young also staying with Toronto, two years, 16 million bucks. Thad Young just gets paid. I love it. Good on him. The kind of do-everything junk bucket dude for Toronto, Gary Harris. Talk about finessing money out of nothing. Two years, $26 million for Orlando. He's staying with the Magic. That's incredible. That's just great money getting on you, Gary. That's also a good trade asset, though. You know, Gary Harris, everyone will look at that and go, oh, geez, 13 million bucks. Oh, yeah, we need a shooter. We'll give him something. Jay Sean Tate sticking with the Houston Rockets. Love a bit of Jay Sean Tate. 22 million bucks over three years. Good job, Jay Sean. Get paid, son. Dwayne, dead man. Two-year, $9 million deal to stay with the Heat. That sounds like the biannual exception to me. Javon Carter sticking with Milwaukee. And so is Wes Matthews. Two-year deal for Javion and a one-year one year deal for Wes. Love that. Tyus Jones staying with the Memphis Grizzlies. Two-year, $30 bucks deal. That's amazing. $15 million a year for Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. One of the better backup point guards in the NBA. On your Tyus. And Victor Oladipo staying with Miami. One-year, $11 million. And that was kind of like a lot of today's free agency, right? It's like a lot of teams and a lot of players going, right, how do I just make sure I get paid and stay where I like to stay, which is where I am? Because <laughs> then you look at the names that changed, it's not a giant amount. It was Jalen Brunson. We've heard, oh, the Jalen Brunson sweepstakes. And then after so much tampering that 100% there's a chance the Knicks traded for those uh, those first rounders. Uh, when they traded out of 11 in the draft. Basically, I'm assuming they did that so they had an extra one because they are gonna. They knew they were going to get bunged up for tampering by Adam Silver and have to sacrifice a pick at some point. So it's like, fuck, we need to uh, get a couple in the bag, son. Four-year, $104 million deal with the Knicks. Uh, the Mavs did not formally present any offer. The meeting that they had scheduled with Dallas was cancelled. Dallas was told that money wouldn't be a deciding factor because uh, Jalen Brunson was going to go some of the Knicks anyway. And uh, I enjoyed this. This is so good. It's 100% tampering. It's 100% saving face. And Jalen Brunson having the meeting with the Knicks. And basically, the fact that the Mavs never got an offer, never actually a formally announced an offer to him. There were talks of $105 million over five years. And the Knicks went four year 104. So kind of funny, kind of hilarious. As we predicted yesterday, to go over four years, over 100. And uh, that's where we landed. So Jalen Brunson to the Knickerbockers of New York City. His agent is the son of the team president. Uh, his dad's on the coaching staff. What did you think was going to happen? Exactly that. Jalen Brunson, your New York City Knickerbockers point guard. Talk about that later. Joe Ingles, jingling Joe. He's off to the Buckaroos, as announced by Renee Ingles. Hashtag Renee Bomb. The Grenade. There you go. Um, One-year mid-level deal with Milwaukee. Six and a half million. Love it. Absolutely love this deal. Gives him a bit of size, a bit more shooting. It's like, cool. Now we've just got a cooler, taller Patty Connaughton. <laughs> and... You feel like Jingles just really sort of like as soon as he gets back from that knee injury, hopefully that'll be at some point halfway through the season, you'd think. You never know with the rehab. Uh, Jingles as well, like could be sooner, could be later, but at some point in the season, you know that he's going to help that Bucks team. And uh, I'm excited. That's great. That's absolutely great. I also love that the Bucks keep up their Aussie connection from Delhi through Thon. Oh, bogey. Off you go. We've got Jingling Joe on there now. PJ Tucker goes to Philly for a three year. $33 million deal. Oh, boy. Cool, I guess. Philly fans are going to love him. Oh, he's just he's so hardworking. It's a blue-collar town. We just love hard workers here in Philly. And they're going to fucking hate him when he doesn't make a three in the playoffs. <laughs> Daniel House, same vibe when he goes to the Sixers. 
Oh, they got a great 3 and D wing, did the Sixers. He was on Houston. Basically, Daryl Morey hit on one good thing in his life in Houston and is just like apparently determined to run it back time and time again. Now he's got James Harden. Now he's got PJ Tucker. Now he's got Daniel House. Like He's just getting the old crew back together. Good on you, Daryl. Uh, but Daniel House, I mean, ask Utah fans how great he was for them last year as a 3 and D wing. Just saying. But either way, two years, eight and a half mil. It's a bit of a uh, roll of the dice where you go, hopefully he's okay. Maybe he's more playable than fucking Furkan Korkmaz. <laughs> Just saying. But at the same time, like the fact that they go DeAnthony Melton, Daniel House, PJ Tuck, it's a nice little sort of on-the-fly rebuild there for the Sixers. Kind of like it. Uh, slow-mo Kyle Anderson. He's leaving the Grizzlies to go to Minnesota. Minnesota-y. Uh, two years, 18 million bucks for slow-mo. Kind of like that because it sort of just gives them another uh, sensible playmaker. They kind of need that when they've got D'Lo, Anthony Edwards and co. Slow-mo can come in off the bench. Kind of like that move a lot. Malik Monk goes to Sacramento. There was a lot of talk about him sticking with the Lakers. The Lakers couldn't afford it. The two-year $19 million deal to go up the road to Sacramento. That's right. California's capital joins the Sacramento Kings. Uh, what else we got? We've got JaVale McGee. He's off to Dallas. What? Three years, $20 million. The taxpayer mid-level, basically, for a three-year deal. Wouldn't surprise me. Now, remember with all these uh, numbers and shit that I'm throwing out there, you don't find out about the player options or you basically hear the basic number. So JaVale, it might be three years, $20 bucks. One of those years might be guaranteed and the other two might be team options, a player option, then a team option. Who knows? Maybe it's two years guaranteed, a player option last. Maybe it's all guaranteed, but just keep that in mind. JaVale to Dallas, kind of cool, right? Next to Christian Wood. Think about Luca, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith. They've actually got a big dude now with Christian Wood. That's a little bit more rebounding than uh, <laughs> Max Schickleber. Hello. And uh, what, Dwight Powell, right? So, yeah, it's pretty good. I don't mind it. Look, JaVale... Talk about a dude who just sort of reinvented their career and sort of ended up getting paid a little bit more in the end. That's awesome. Good on him. Now, the Lakers moves. Kind of like him. Oh, it hurts my brain, but I don't like, you know, praising the Lakers. But when they've done something smart, you've got to pay attention. Lonnie Walker is off to the Lakers for the mid-level exception. Six and a bit mil. Would you rather Lonnie Walker or uh, Kyrie Irving? Just saying. Give me Lonnie. Uh, one, there's only one. Toscano Anderson. He's off to the Lakers as well from your champion Warriors on the minimum. Troy Brown Jr. off to the Lakers as well for the minimum deal there. And Damian Jones, two years deal with the Lakers. I really kind of uh, don't mind these moves because there's one sort of through line. Is it clutch, Jimmy? Yes. <laughs> it's just clutch clients. This is the Los Angeles clutch Lakers, essentially. But by the same token, these are young players. Now, you might remember last year, the Lakers, it all fell apart. Why? Because they were old as shit and they sucked. It was Mello. It was Avery Bradley. It was Trevor Ariza. It was just gross. Now, it's actually young, handy players like Lonnie Walker, JTA, Troy Brown, Damian Jones. I don't mind it. You know, just saying. Isaiah Hartenstein, hello. He's off to the Knicks. Um, two years, $16 million deal to probably back up the other Mitch Robinson. Obviously, they got rid of Nerlens Noel and that salary dump to go get Jalen Brunson. Isaiah Hartenstein, pretty handy last year for the Clips, just saying. Kevin Knox, he's off to Detroit. Uh, two years, $6 million deal. Pretty interesting vibe where Kevin Knox, uh, that wing rotation in Detroit is a bit of an interesting one, but... Fuck, it's not a bad flyer. There's a bit of talent there with Noxie, so good on you, Detroit. Dellon Wright goes to the Wiz, two-year, uh, $16 million deal. It's not bad, actually. Kind of like Dellon Wright, but he's also the player that you go, oh, it's kind of good, and he never does anything. You're like, oh. I mean, on paper, you kind of don't mind the dude, but doesn't end up moving the needle much. Andre Drummond goes to Chicago. Prepare to be whelmed, Chicago. Two years, six and a half mil. And DeAndre Jordan off to Denver in just a hilarious, hilarious move where the Joker will probably just beat him up. So that's uh, the first sort of run of deals from today. The best deal, I mean, obviously locking away Jar, Joker, Booker, Cat to the most money you can is pretty smart. But I hate it, but I kind of really like the, mo- the deal that I like the most out of all these. It's probably Lonnie Walker, like to the Lakers. Just a 
fun young wing to put next to, you know, rusty LeBron and AD. You just need more of those, right? It's like a way better version of uh, Kendrick Lamar Nunn, a bigger, taller version of Malik Monk last year, set up to succeed. I kind of like it. And in terms of everything else, I mean, Brunson, we're going to talk about this in year nows, but at the same time, if he's your dude, good, you got him. Biggest steal, I mean, DeAndre Jordan stealing Denver's money is a pretty big steal. Uh, The Jazz stealing a first for Royce O'Neal somehow. That's why you go get Danny Ainge to run your team, I guess. Apart from, you know, stealing other teams' coaches. and <laughs> But to get a first for Royce O'Neal as opposed to packaging him up with a first to get rid of him, that's why you get Danny Ainge, right? To work over Sean Marks and the Nets, as per usual. Uh, but the biggest steal, I kind of like Jingles on the Bucks. I just love that fit. I love it for Jingles. He's going to have fun there. It's going to be great. The worst deal, look, I don't know. The Bagley deal sort of, I get that he was playing pretty well at the end of that season for Detroit. And he is a former number two pick. It's not a giant amount of money, I feel like. But that's also the one of those deals where you look at it and go, three years, it's over, obviously the uh, non-taxpayer exception. You want to know what the options are before you figure out what the deal is. If it's a two-year deal, you're laughing. If it's a three-year all-guaranteed deal, you're like, oh, geez, I don't know about that one. Um, but really the worst deal, I didn't, the PJ Tucker deal. Three years, $33 million bucks. Again, we don't know what options are there, but Jesus. Like, did they watch PJ Tucker? The dude is fucking old. He's pretty bloody cooked. I don't know. Just saying. <sighs> so I think that's going to be the one of those ones where you go, yeah, cool. Daryl Morey just really loved that Houston team, and he's just trying to remake it again. It's like, dude, you realize that they're all like six years older now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Come on. So who's left? Uh, Udonis Haslam. I absolutely love that. Uh, the Heat. To show his continued importance and value to the franchise, the Heat sent a delegation of employees to make a free agency pitch to Udonis Haslam promptly at 6 p.m. tonight with the hopes of luring him back for year 20. Isn't that nice? That's good. Uh, so who's left out there? Colin Sexton, Nurkic, TJ Warren, Odonte GD Vincenzo, uh, the Martins, Cody and Caleb, Ricky Tiki Tata, Ruby O, Dennis Schroeder, German Rondo, Bruce Brown, it gets very thin after that. Mitch Robinson hasn't re-signed with the Knicks yet, but he will dare say. Uh, yeah, some pretty crazy ones. Now, one of the big names that did not go, Miles Bridges, there were photos that came out uh, with the alleged domestic abuse, and what a fucking shitbag. I just hope that guy gets suspended. Like, fuck him. I don't give a fuck about his money. Don't give a fuck about his fragency status. Fucking suspend him. Put him in jail. That's fucked. Uh, so the biggest things to keep an eye on, storyline-wise, was Kyrie and the Nets. Good idea. Aiton is the obvious big fish still left. Miles Bridges, fuck him. Brunson, Dallas versus New York. New York City win that. And Beal's extension decision, boom, that is done. So really we've got Aiton. What's going to happen there? A team could really fuck over Phoenix by offering him a uh, contract now because if Phoenix want to trade for Kevin Durant, they'd obviously want to sign and trade DeAndre Aiton as a part of that, you'd think. And if somebody tied up their cap space (laughs) by offering... Eight in a contract right now, it'd be fucking hilarious. And 100% I would do that. The other thing we don't have yet is a Zach Levine deal. And this is one of those classic things where Chicago are like one of the only teams to never apparently have offered a player a deal worth over $100 million. So pretty funny, pretty wild. And you do wonder if uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and the Chicago Brains Trust, I'm using that very liberally, uh, are sitting there waiting to see if uh, they can't knock a few bucks off the top of that (laughs) Zach Levine deal. And in the uh, end, probably cost them a lot of goodwill and Zachy Gags, Adam Levine. But either way, that's all the free agency up to now. A lot more will probably happen over the last couple of days. You'll see all the dregs and we'll wrap it all up for you on Monday, Tuesday next week, whatever. We'll do a Monday show, obviously. We'll come out with some free agency winners and losers once it's all sort of you know come to a bit of a head. Because today's the pointy day. We got most of the stuff done over the weekend. You'll get the last of it, basically, and then it'll be just dregs the rest of the way. So, yeah, good times. Fun times. Absolute chaos. Thanks a lot, Kevin Durant. All right, we'll take a quick break. Be back with some quick year Nas. Got a lot of KD talk in this one right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. 
Let's do it. Let's do some Yanaz. And brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. That's right. Go get your merch. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. 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 Do it. Go to the NBA Australia Shop. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. Help a brother out. As I've mentioned time and time again, we are doing some renos on the house eventually. You have to pack up a whole bunch of shit. Make it less. And I'll uh, throw in some other stuff as well. <laughs> I'll just start packing up shit that's laying around the house and send it to you as well. But either way, NBA Australia Shop, go click on the links on the socials, buy a t-shirt, help my brother out. Got to get through this uh, off-season somehow, so, you know, buy a t-shirt, why not? Right, let's do some year nuts. Is Kevin Durant leaving the Warriors to go start his own thing, then the same year as the Warriors win without him, Requesting a trade to either one of the two number one seeds, just absolute prime Kevin Durant bullshit. Yeah, nah, fuck yes. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Kevin Durant going, oh, I'm going to go start my own thing after I've glommed on to the 73-win Warriors. Oh, where do you want to go, Kevin? I'll take either of the number one seeds, thanks. (laughs) Miami or Phoenix. What a coward. All right, what it means for me. And what it means and sort of shows to me is two things. Number one, A, the Nets misread the situation with Kevin by going hammer and tongs so hard at Kyrie with the extension talks, right? They looked at this and going, we don't want to guarantee you all this money, Kyrie, because we can't trust what you're going to do, what your headspace is going to be at. We're going to try to protect our business. We're going to try to protect our franchise from the whims of your dumb fucking crazy boy brain. They should, if you're Kevin Durant, have just gone hammer and tongs to keep KD and Kyrie 100% happy, no matter what, and apparently just damn the consequences, apparently. That, to me, rings a bit true. This is Kevin Durant looking at this going, look, you tried to fuck over Kyrie. I've said time and time again, he's my brother. You're not going to guarantee him an extension, a max extension. You're taking the piss. Fuck it. I want out. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And people like sort of getting all up in arms about this. You're like, yeah, it makes sense. Because that is how, in the eyes of superstar players, you cement yourself as a real deal, legitimate, will do whatever it takes to keep to get and keep stars. Because you think about when Kevin and Kyrie joined the Nets over the top of the Knicks, they looked at the Knicks and went, nah, fuck that. What a dysfunctional bullshit franchise. They fuck up shit all the time. We'll go to Brooklyn. That'll be fun. We're still in New York. It's going to be hilarious. That was the start of the Nets really being taken seriously for the first time since Paul Pierce and KG went there. And uh, really since they moved to Brooklyn, right? So you've thrown the towel down. You're throwing the gauntlet down just going, right, fucking come on. We're a bigger story now in New York than the Knicks. And they never were. And the Nets, you can see this point, right? That The Nets should have then just gone, whatever, Kyrie, you can be a giant fuckwit. We're still going to pay you the max. As long as you and Kevin are here, that's fine. We'll work around the fringes to make sure that everything else is cool. It's all good. And away we go. That's one view of this. The other view could be that Joe Sy looked at this year and went, that was fucking horrible. Everybody who was paying attention hated it. None of our fans liked it. Kyrie's a dipshit and we fucking hate him. Yeah, I'm going to protect my business a little bit and not offer him a full max extension. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, to be fair, that's fine as well. But at the same time, it's a player's league and if you're going to fuck around, guess what? You're going to find out. So... Really, then it's misreading that situation with Kyrie and with Kevin, and Kevin going, right, you fucked around with uh, Kyrie. Guess what? I want out. This is bullshit. So the second thing this this shows to me is, B, this kind of dumps Kevin Durant down a peg for me all the time, doesn't it? Like, wherever he ends up, it's going to be his fourth team. And historically, just think about his career arc. Fun young team in OKC. They go like absolutely toe-to-toe with an incredible Warriors team that wins 73 games, that beats him in OKC, and then he goes 
Right, fuck it, I'm going to go join that team. He gloms on for two fake titles. <laughs> then he's like, all right, fuck it. Now I'm going to go do my own thing with my best mate, Kyrie. He realizes that it's hard. He has a fucking sook and then goes running away again. That is the arc in my brain of Kevin Durant's career now. Running away. <laughs> and two fake titles in the middle. Where, of course, you can't take away the titles. And, yeah, they're hard-fought victories. But you basically jumped on a huge bandwagon, one in 17 and 18, Kevin. And forever and ever, those two titles are never going to be worth anywhere near as many as pretty much anybody else's two titles. Like, even LeBron's two titles in Miami felt earned the KD Golden State titles feel much less earned historically, I think, in my brain than that, right? And all we ever hear is how, oh, I just want a hoop, man. I just want a hoop. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, you could very easily just fucking hoop this year in Brooklyn, but that'd mean you'd have to stop sooking about it. <laughs> like you're under contract for four years. Brooklyn have got a pretty handy kind of-ish roster around you. you got Seth Curry. You've got Joe Harris. You've got Nick Claxton. You've got Royce O'Neal. You've got Paddy Thrills Mills. You've got your buddy Kyrie. And you've got Ben Simmons. Like, I just want to hoop, man. I just want to hoop. All right. Put your money where your mouth is and actually just fucking hoop. Like, him going toe-to-toe with the Bucks for the Nets, going seven games, like, and basically the foot on the line is going to become this apocryphal fucking Nets story now. Like, so close and yet so far, and that's going to sum up basically the Nets' entire legacy. But for me, if he gets traded, when he gets traded, look, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe he and Shaw Marks will sit down, break some bread, and he's like, you know what, actually, fuck it. Maybe we'll just stick fat here and just see how we go. <clears throat> Maybe, but probably not. As I said, it's basically not happened since Kobe asked out to go to Detroit or Chicago, and the Lakers went, right, no, fuck you, dickhead. Like maybe Joe Sy buys fucking Kevin Durant an island under the books, off the books somewhere, under the table, and that makes Kevin happy again. Uh, but I don't know. Doesn't it feel like the Kevin Durant legacy is now going to be like the guy who scores a lot, moves around to put himself in the best position, but isn't LeBron and doesn't win titles everywhere he goes? Like it's just kind of weird, man. Like creating a legacy you, you can be proud of is fucking hard in the NBA. And it felt like Kevin Durant, if this was the last stop, you do the Nets thing, you do it hard, you build it up from the ground up like you had. And as soon as it gets a bit fucking weird, he bounces. It's a bit strange to me. And that's why it's going to be so hard to judge him historically, I reckon. But we'll see how this all sort of turns out. I am Matty S. Had a couple of yeah nahs for me. Yeah, nah, fuck KD, Jimmy. He just became the goat of little bishes. Brooklyn should send him where it's coldest, darkest, and most miserable. Well, that'd be Brooklyn in winter. <laughs> Oh, Detroit. Uh, That's right. He goes on to say, does the NBA have any trade partners in Russia or North Korea? Maybe Detroit or Minnesota. Um, Yeah, we're Sacramento. That'd be funny. But yeah, nah, little bishes. I don't know. There's, it does strike me as just a little bit weird that he is kind of so far in his own head that he's like, yeah, actually, I want fucking out. Like, this is going to dog him for a while. Like, we're right in the middle of it right now, right? You think about it, you go, cool, Kevin's asked for a trade. Just think about how we're going to look at this, like, three years later. The Brooklyn era has been an absolute fucking train wreck. What a schmozzle from the get-go. He comes in, the Kyrie experience has been fucking just stupid. Uh, Everybody hates Kyrie. Kevin's injured for the first year. Second year, they get to the second round, they lose in seven. And... Here you go. I mean, a year later, you get smoked by Boston in the uh, first round. You know, it was a very close sweep, but it was still a sweep. So, I don't know. It's a bit thin-skinned. Uh, and then I Matias had another great one. Player empowerment has devolved into the lunatics running the asylum. Yeah, nah, the NBA should cancel all contracts and redraft the entire league. Teams can lock in two existing players and away we go. <laughs> Feels like that's a bit dramatic. But the player empowerment thing, I think you'll look at this uh, era and these sort of last mm, eight to ten years, obviously 12 years since the decision with LeBron, 
And 100% when the uh, TV rights and the uh, CBA come up again. So the TV rights will be negotiated. There'll be a new CBA pretty soon after that. That's the uh, collective bargaining agreement that they have for the players versus, you know, with the league. You better fucking believe that the owners are going to absolutely just try to curtail some of this shit. Like, they're giving out shit tons of money, quarter of a billion dollar contracts. You know that there's going to be, like, some pushback from the owners is going to suck. Uh, some other big ones. Will the Knicks regret the Jalen Brunson signing? Yeah, nah. I mean, they're the Knicks, so you think that they'll fuck it up somehow. But also, I'm going to say nah. They're not going to regret it. He's 25. With what you've already got on the Knicks roster, going out and getting a mid-tier starting point guard is 25, wants to be there, can light it up. I mean, it's not bad. He's It's 25 million bucks. It's a big number, but if you believe in him, I'm fine with it, I guess. The only problem that I have in the back of my mind that it, Jalen Brunson's not very big. He's like a six foot one kind of dude. He's built like a brick shithouse. Maybe that helps. Maybe that's just sort of Kyle Lowry kind of vibe. But I don't know. Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Brunson, Kyle Lowry, those sorts of dudes, you sort of hope for the best. And essentially they're going to look at this and go, right, is Jalen Brunson going to be the engine for our team? Can he make it go? Can he make this team go? Do we need just that one connective piece between him and RJ Barrett, Julius Randle if we keep him? Is he the guy? And if they think he is, then fuck it. I think it's all right. You know, it's four years. It's a lot of money. But really, he's young. It's not the classic sort of Knicks overpay for like a dude who's past his prime or like at the end of his prime, etc. So, I don't know. If you're a Knicks fan, though, you're lighting as much incense and fucking burning as much of Kyrie Sage as you possibly can to make sure that he stays healthy for that contract. Because, I mean, the other times that they've gone and gotten a big name, like Alan Houston, etc., I'm just saying. Um, but the other sort of thing that come out of today to come out of today in free agency is do any of the moves today really shift the contender needle? Yeah, nah. Nah. Not really. Like Philly, maybe if PJ Tucker can hit a three, play that defense, he just adds like another bow. The one move that obviously changes the contender needle is like Kevin Durant just going, I want the fuck out of here. Because I do. <laughs> they they didn't offer my friend the most amount of money, so I'm upset. Ultimately, he just waited for Kyrie to opt in. And he's like, so seriously, he can't come with me now? Sick. I want out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here, Rich. Oh, but Kevin, he's built up his media company in New York. He loves that there so much. Yeah. And he's still a bit of a sook. Anyway, uh, so that's the biggest move, obviously, but it's not a move yet. So... I don't know. Do you wonder, like, you think Kevin Durant going to Phoenix to play with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, without Michael Bridges, without DeAndre Ayton, does that make them more scary? Kind of does, doesn't it? Another big scorer. If he goes to Memphis, that'd be kind of gnarly. Uh, who else out there, though, really? Like, if you put, I think, Kevin Durant on the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler and Bam, that'd be absolutely terrifying. If he's on the sixes next to Embiid and Harden, holy fucking shit, watch out kind of vibes. But I think because the sixes may have hard capped themselves with the uh, moves, I don't know if they can do that. So, yeah, some interesting trade propositions out there. I mean, we'll talk about those on Monday once we sort of let the dust settle and we'll sort of come up with, uh, unless KD actually gets traded between now and Monday, we'll come up with probably, you know, the five best trades that uh, we can think about and how cool that'd be. But in terms of like cool places, it would be hilarious if they trade him to OKC. <laughs> I mean, 100%. I talked about that the other day. Like, was that on Tuesday's show? Him being traded to OKC would be one of the funniest outcomes. Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, SGA, in exchange for KD. Let's fucking go. I'd do that in a heartbeat. But also, this leads very nicely into the unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. 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 Now, people think it's a bit gauche. Not not the done thing to take a quick victory lap. But just give me one second. Ayo! Victory lap time, because guess what? Jimmy was fucking right. Trade KD and Kyrie from the get-go. 
Yeah, nah, fuck yes. I'm going to take that victory lap right now. They should have done it. And now KD's requested the trade. They're going to have to do it anyway. I'm just saying. Should have done it from the (laughs) get-go. But at the same time, the Nets may have finessed this actually not too badly in going, hey, Kyrie, go and get your own sign-and-trade, buddy. And Kyrie realizing, ah, fuck, there's no one out there that wants me apart from the Lakers. And I have to take a $30 million haircut to go do that? No, thanks. The Nets are now sitting there going, cool, we've now got all the leverage over the Kevin Durant trade sweepstakes. We've now got all the leverage over where the fuck we can send Kyrie. We're going to get the biggest return for everything. This is awesome. And that also nicely leads into the end of today's show and Outback Tokyo. So I guess you little ripper. It's Friday, they're back, you know what that means? Oh yeah, 4 for 1 TGIF oil drum cans full of icy cold. Foster's Lager, that's right, it's Australian for beer and definitely not horse piss in a can. Because I mean, loads of Australians drink this beer. Seriously. They do. All of them definitely do. Ah, oh, I can't lie to you, it's fucking horse piss in a can, what are you going to do? Still, TGIF, oil drum cans full of Isocal Foster's Lager. Goes great with the Flame Grill Take. Only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill Take is... In a big market, with a bunch of run-and-gun shooters and players around him, being coached by Steve Nash... That's right. Box Hill Benny. Benny the Brickie. Ben Simmons will win the MVP next year, playing for the Brooklyn Nets. Only at Outback. Whoa! To be honest, now this is the sort of point that I came to uh, earlier in the week, last week, etc. Ben Simmons alone with Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Kyrie. Fun, fun team. You get a center who can do a little bit of something-something in there. You got Nicky Claxton. Uh, you get one more big man. Who knows? Now, you go Ben Simmons with Michael Bridges, with Joe Harris, with Patty Mills, with Seth Curry, with maybe DeAndre Ayton, maybe with Lonzo Ball if you're going to trade Kyrie to Chicago, say. Or maybe Ben Simmons with Zach Levine in a Kyrie for uh, Zachy Cakes Adam Levine swap. Give me a fun run-and-gun Steve Nashian Brooklyn team built around Ben Simmons with no Kevin Durant, with no Kyrie, but all the trade pieces there. That's a better team. I'm just saying. Like, Aiton gives you a... Def- Aiton and Ben Simmons defensively. I fucking love that. Michael Bridges as well. Just think about that on offense. It's fun. It's quick. And then on defense, that's horrifying. That's awesome. It's a better team. I'm just saying. Only at Outback. All right, that'll be the uh, end of this week's shows and today's show. So we'll be back on Monday. As mentioned, we'll come up with some uh, fun Kevin Durant trades unless he gets traded in the meantime. Uh, And we'll do a big winners and losers for free agency on Monday. Uh, Presuming that, you know, most of the other sort of big name deals have kind of happened and everything like that. So... Interesting day for the Aussies today, wasn't it? Rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em. Landau lands up in Atlanta. Jingles is off to Millie Walkay. I hear it's a gonkin' for the Ingles land. The good land, that's right. And Patty sticking in Brooklyn amidst all that drama. Maybe just to mentor Benny. Who knows? Either way, I'm excited. Uh, can't wait to see what the rest of the weekend will entail as well. So, uh, going to go see the Japan-Australia game tonight. Can't wait for that as well. Japan... Uh, going to be just a fun game, I reckon. Get a few tins in me. Off we go. Hanging out with mate Muesli. If you see us there, say good day. And, uh, yeah, how good was Australia-China last night? That's some fun shit. I love doing a good boomer's tweet storm. That was great times. <laughs> so I thought about doing a live stream. It's like, ah, it's a World Cup qualifier. I just can't be fucked. <laughs> also, yeah, dealing with a six squid, it's a bit of a tough one. All right, so either way, uh, make sure you uh, are chasing us on Twitter. Facey, IG, all the good stuff is there. Make sure you're following it. Uh, NFL Australia, myself and Gaz. World Wrestling Australia with Adam, that's on YouTube. Get your merch over the NBA Australia shop. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Go on, 
Help your brother out, would you? And big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. What a great band. Uh, big thanks also go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozer for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. All right. Uh, we'll close out with a uh, Cooking with Bainsey for you for the week. And, and we'll talk to you on Monday, I guess. We'll wrap up all this free agency. Absolute chaos. Absolute chaos. Can't wait. So, till then, this has been good. It's been fun. This is NBA Australia. NBA Australia. Use your words, Jimmy. Slurring a bit. Yeah, so I'm fucking got up way early with the squid. <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee. Settle down. All right, this is NBA Australia. So, look after yourselves, would you? Have a good weekend. Go, boomers. Go Jingles, go Jock, go Patty, and later Hosen. Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live, socially distanced audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> G'day. Uh, it's good to see the smattering of you here in this studio. This is amazing. It's nice to see you're all wearing your face mask and you're all socially distanced. Oh, that's beautiful, it is. But the best part is this is Cooking with Baines and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And look, in this here very special socially distanced episode, I'm going to get you to whip up an absolute treat. That's right. It's one of my all-time Aussie favourites. You can have it whenever. It's probably the best slab of meat you'll ever bloody eat because that's right. It's the secret bangers brisket Barbie Bonanza. Straight out of Texas. You little ripper. Texas, Australia, I'll tell you what. That's right, I love me a big old slab of brisket cooked up on the Barbie for about eight years. Oh, in this case, about eight hours. And it's oozy as, mate. You might think it's a bit complicated, but there's nothing less complicated than just cooking some meat. And if you really do it properly and get all your sides bang on, it'll help you keep up this physique, you know what I'm talking about. All right, so let's get stuck in. It is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your butcher, ask him for his best bit of brisket. You might have to call ahead or even ask him, just walk past a few days beforehand, whatever. It's bloody worth it. Get the best brisket you can. Then you duck over to the soupy, get your gear for your spice mix. Now, this is banger spice mix. Brown sugar, paprika, onion, garlic, salt, some mustard, some cumin, and a bit of black pepper. And you're laughing. Get some gear for your sauce. You need some vinegar, some ketchup, or as I call it, tomato sauce, Worcestershire sauce, garlic, and some of those spices. Just toss them in. Go fucking mad. Now, get some uh, sides. Load up with your sides at the soupy. Some green beans, some mac and cheese, a thing of coleslaw. Plenty of potatoes to get more whip than my mate Simo when he was with that Kardashian. There you go. Now fire up your Barbie. Get her up to a nice even 120. Look, you can use charcoal. You can use gas. It doesn't bloody matter. If you're using charcoal, throw in some tasty, you know, wood chips in there for some smoky flavour if you want. I personally don't give a fuck, mate. You can just chuck it on the grill. Just gas. doesn't matter, mate. Just uh, now mix your spices together. Mix them all up. There you go. Now rub them in all over your brisket. Now, some people like to cut the fat back. You can just leave it on. doesn't matter. Just rub it all in nice and even like you massage them. A big mate bogey's hammy after a big game. Oh, he gets you to do it. It's fucking gross. Oh. I'll tell you what. But anyway, let us sit there for a bit if you want after you've rubbed that all in. Nice looking, uh, tasty, big slab of meat. Leave it, you know, half an hour to an hour, whatever. She's right there. Bang her on. Just bang her on the barbie. Close the lid. Bit of foil underneath it. And away you go. Let that bastard cook for eight to ten hours. Simple. I mean, in the meantime, just keep an eye on the temperature. Crack a slab. Check the internal temperature of the meat every so often. Water around 75 degrees once she's cooked. Neck a bunch of tins. Watch some footy. Then with about an hour until she's good, get to work on your sides. Whip your potatoes. Cook your greens. Your mac and cheese. Dump your coleslaw out. 
put it all on some nice little plates so it all looks nice and neat. It'll look special as rip the brisket out, sit there for an hour, bang. Bob's your bloody uncle. Look at this, just, oh, I'm just slicing open. Look at that bloody brisket. That is bloody mouth-watering, that is. Mate, you can put it on sliders, or you can just eat it raw, dog. It doesn't matter. I'm going to slice this up, put it on a plate. Bob's your bloody Barbie-loving uncle. It is awesome. My friends, this is an absolute bloody ripper of a banger's brisket Barbie bonanza. It is delicious. And it'll dead set impress all your mates and all the Sheilas. Don't you worry about that. Alright, so <laughs> just getting stuck in. This is bloody delicious. Do it at home yourselves. You'll have heaps left over to take to work for lunch. Whatever, mate. You will love it. Just look how bloody... Look, I've cooked enough for all of you, so you're going to love it. There you go. All right, tune in next week to NBA Australia for a new recipe, and we will see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey. Bainsey.